Welcome in to Arrowhead Pride Radio. Emma Holmes is on fire! Here's the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens. Make them say, uh! Quote right there, many quotes today. As this is Arrowhead Pride Wednesday, the final one, the final chapter, uh, the final episode, a lot of those this week. As we said goodbye to the Red Reaction Show this week, season three. This is like season eight or something of Arrowhead Pride Radio. My first season. My first season with Pete Sweeney. Parade Pete. Are you alive, Pete? How we doing? Yes, yes. What a day. What a parade here in in, in Kansas City. Mm. I, I thought that this one, it, it was a, a little bit like, especially the veteran players, right? So you have the younger guys who oh, you yeah. could tell were, were having fun. But I could, I could tell the veteran players, you know, they've been around the block before. It seems like they were maybe smelling the roses a little bit more today, I felt like. Yeah, so let's, you know, you were there. You're uh, you're still trying to probably get out of there and, and cope with what today was. So I'm in studio. You're via phone. We're going to have you till about 6.20-ish, and then we're going to go to your guy, Ron Cop, and uh, then that'll be the end of what is an Arrowhead Pride uh Radio, what do you like best about this year, Pete? What was the what was the best part for you uh, before we get into the parade and the presentation of what you saw today? Yeah, I think that this year solidified Patrick Mahomes being a career-long threat to win the Super Bowl. Because when you have the quarterback in place, obviously that's the most important position in the NFL. But what you need after the quarterback is a supporting cast. And the only guarantee that you have is that that supporting cast is not going to be the same from year one to year whatever Patrick Mahomes plays. And they go and and they get rid of Tyreek Hill. They ship him off and they get the five draft picks back. And I think a lot of people doubted that the Chiefs could keep up their winning ways, get back even to the AFC title, win a division, so on and so forth. And what he proved is that, you know, he can – take away key parts to this offense and still manage to win championships, plural. And we know that there will be a day, and this is sad to talk about. I don't. I actually don't think it's anytime soon. I think we still will get at least three or four years, but there'll be a day when Mahomes is not going to be able to play with Travis Kelsey anymore, mm-hmm. right, because they're, they're, they're different ages. And I think this year made you comfortable for that day when it comes and, and all the days after that when other players – are moving on and, and so on and so forth. I just think this is a, a guy, this is a, a program that is set up to win not only last year, but this year and for years and years to come. Quite opposite from the last year's champion, which was the Los Angeles Rams. So the popular question is we can kind of move on from what this year was because that's kind of the theme I've had all week uh, this week with shows and topics is that, you know, eventually the the book that you pick up eventually has a final page. Uh, and today is the, you know, the parade is the final page, but there are quotes that, that will keep you lurking for the next book. What, uh, the biggest question that I'm getting on the text line is that Mitch Holtis was a little, uh, shysty with the microphone today. Uh, or was that maybe just an act as we, we go to the stage part of it where Chris Jones basically ripped it out of his hand and started the run it back quote. Well, I, I think Mitch, he's a professional, right? And Mm. he does this for a living. You know, in the off season, he does a lot of emceeing. He goes around and, and speaks. And I think the key when you're speaking and you're running the show is you, you have this run of show, you have this plan, you're supposed to get out at a certain time. 
so on and so forth. And I'm sure there were a handful of players that Andy Reid said we we were okay with so and so speaking, you know, at a certain point. Mm-hmm. And he had his list, and I'm not sure Chris Jones was on the Andy list, but he was not going to be denied getting on the mic. And man, I didn't I didn't think it turned out too bad. I, I thought it was actually pretty funny. We got the first run it back chant in two years. Now the Chiefs can finally say that again. And then serving up Travis Kelsey to give it to you one more time, the, the fight for your right to party. I thought it was a, a nice ending, and uh, I'm glad that it ended in the way it did without Chris Jones, I guess, saying whatever the Chiefs might have been afraid he might say. Ah, um, what uh, what was the vibe like at the parade? Did you, like, what time did you arrive? Did you... Do you see some fans there that could have been clearly camping out? Also, uh, way to be uh, way to be honest with the weather, local meteorologists, because it was it was cold, man. It, it it looked like it wasn't as as warm as maybe we were anticipating. I think the key for the parade today was that it was warmer than the last one. If you remember, the last one was kind of a bitter cold to it. So, I think to an extent, yeah, it was chilly, but it, at least it was was manageable. And I I think that what you saw was. Fans were really pumped to see the multiple Lombardis, and I just think it's a it's a maturing fan base in the sense that this is now the expectation. And a lot of the messaging was, look, this was supposed to be a rebuild type of year, and we were still able to get it done. And oh, by the way, you know, get used to it. And what a celebration it was, I, I think, for these guys. And you could see, I, I think, the first year, you know, comparing what Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey were like. And they were a little bit more wild, I thought, the first year, just really not knowing what to expect, a little bit younger, of course, whereas this year, of course, they were, yeah, a little tipsy for sure. But (laughs) you could tell they are also maturing, and and they understand that this is the expectation now. And I, I think what was telling to me, too, is the Chiefs never made a big deal out of just the fact that a lot of people were assuming that they wouldn't have what it takes to get back to Super Bowl contention, and if you noticed, each and every speaker mentioned we had doubters. Mm-hmm. And anytime a player tells you, whether it be in, in training camp or after that, that we're not hearing the noise, they're they're pretty clearly lying to you based upon how the, the speeches went today. They were hearing the noise, and it was motivating, and they proved everybody wrong. Over under Coors Lights for Patrick Mahomes today? Well, in – Hearing some of the stories, I believe there was a comedian recently that said that he ended up taking down 10 to 20, somewhere in that range, at one of his shows just at night. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think we're talking about maybe 37 and a half oh today. Pete, the uh, one thing I do want to ask you is what was the best subplot of the day? Was it the offensive lineman shirts? Was it Mama Kelsey just double fist and Bud Lights? Was it Isaiah Pacheco really feeling himself as the young cat uh, in this class? Because I thought there was a lot of guys that looked like it was, uh, like I told Grant, like there were some sophomores that got invited to the senior party. Yeah, you know what? There was an interview that uh, a colleague of mine, Rice Roaster, ever had pride. I worked with him at KSHP 41. Aaron Ladd got on scene with Juan Thornhill. And Juan is a player – I I think we, we all kind of assume that the Chiefs have drafted Brian Cook because they think Juan Thornhill is going to price himself out on the open market. And just the way he was talking to Aaron uh, clearly was having some fun. So, you know, take that as you will. But just the 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 way that he was speaking to Aaron, it, it made me believe that 
Juan wants to be here. So I'm, I'm curious as to see how that plays out. I don't know if anyone who was watching the 41 feed caught that interview, but I mean, he was almost talking in the sense of we're going to do this again together. And in order to do that, you have to be a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. So we'll see what happen, happens with that. I, I like the zero sacks. I think the Chiefs offensive line was looked at as a weakness all year. And they felt really empowered by the job they did in the Super Bowl when everyone was pointing to that as a reason why the Chiefs might might lose. So I like that. Great to see Mama Kelsey, as, as you said. It, it just was a good day in Kansas City and, and for a lot of reasons. Pete, stay on the line. When we come back, we got we to gotta move on. It's over. The parade always signifies, like, the end of it was a successful season. Also, I feel like you're big confetti guy. I think you get a Ziploc bag and stuff it full of confetti for uh, – for a later use. So we'll, we'll get you on the other side and we'll get you out of here. You're done. You can go to Fiji you can go wherever you want, uh, <laughs> but we'll get you on the other side of, uh, of this. When we come back on Arrowhead pride, you're listening to Arrowhead pride radio with Pete Sweeney and dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas city chiefs, 610 sports radio. I was trying to think out loud. Which still doesn't work for me. Does Josh Klingler get a Super Bowl ring? Also, I feel like the Chiefs should give... I feel like the Chiefs should give their, like, beat coverage guys ring. Just a thought process. Just a, just an idea. I don't know. I feel like Pete Sweeney deserves a ring. I don't know what he'd do with it. Hopefully he doesn't go Jose Canseco with it. Pete, they gave you a ring. You you rocking that thing out? Is Pete there? Did we lose Pete? I think we lost Pete. Star of the show. I guess we'll call him back. But that is interesting. 913-586-7610. This is the Arrowhead Pride Radio Show here on... 610 Sports Radio, the last one of the season, the last, uh, the last big hoorah for the uh, for the guys at Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney, Ron Cobb Jr. Ron Cobb Jr. will obviously join us uh, here in a little bit. 6:30, we'll bring him in, try to figure out what uh, what he saw worked in the Super Bowl. One last couple uh, little drives there, and then we'll uh, we'll finish that out with uh, with one Ron Cobb Jr. As we wait to get Pete back, maybe we just lost Pete. Maybe Pete just just hammered at the parade which would be great I would just need a lot of that did Pete ghost us Pete ghosted us Pete went on vacation faster than the New York Giants went on vacation when they took that photo on the boat text line calling it world championship Wednesday boys Texans says, I just got out of work. Can you guys play sound bites from the parade? We will. I guarantee it. We will. Uh, Seven o'clock hour. After hours will start. Arrowhead Pride Radio uh, will uh, disappear. But while we wait on Pete, I'll give you exactly what you want. I'll give you, um, who do we want to play? Who do we want to play? How about, yeah, Mahomes is good. Now, no quarterback in the history of the Super Bowl had been MVP and won the Super Bowl in the same season. Until now, ladies and gentlemen, the best quarterback in the National Football League, Patrick Mahomes. 
today. Arrowhead Stadium is one of a one of a kind and we just want to say Chiefs Kingdom is one of a kind. So give a round of applause for everybody that's standing here today. And before I give it to the main show, Travis Kelsey, I just want to let y'all know that this is just the beginning. We ain't done yet. So I'll make sure to hit y'all back next year, and I hope the crowd's the same. Appreciate y'all. Let's go, baby. So that was Patrick Mahomes at the parade. Pete Sweeney no longer ghosting us. He's back. Pete Sweeney, do you get a, would you, would you, if you got a ring, would you rock that thing out? Yes. Well, yeah. I, oh, I guess I wasn't, I guess I wasn't through, but Josh definitely gets one as far as I know. And if I were to get one, I, Maybe special occasions like a wedding. I imagine that's what most of these guys do anyway. I don't. I don't think they're regularly wearing it. It's too bulky to wear on a regular basis. Just put it on a chain and rock around your neck. Yeah, I mean that. That to me is more of a Lycans move than a Sweeney move. Big time. V neck and that in the summertime. I would just. Oh, I'd crush it. Okay, Chest so. Hair. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't have a whole lot. I'm not like you. I don't have the the full on taco meat. Um, mm-hmm. So Pete. Before we uh, before we meet up again in a few short months in St. Joe, um, this is it. This year's over. We got to move on. Uh, but it seems that next year it could be quite similar, just because of how great Brett Veach has hit on this draft. And I thought you tweeted it well today that he had the line of the day um, when it came to winning championships in this city. I don't. I don't. I'm not. I'm not trying to sound like a homer, but man, this team really isn't going anywhere. No, it's it's true, and you have a lot of these key positions that are still on their rookie deals. You talk about the offensive line with the center and the right guard and Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith. Nick Bolton is still on his rookie contract. You have three defensive backs who you can trust in any game right now that will only be going into their second year. There are a few questions at, at positions. Does Chris Jones want to raise? What do you do with Orlando Brown Jr.? You know, how do you continue to load up for Patrick Mahomes? Will Juju Smith-Schuster be back? But I, I think if this year taught us anything, it's when everybody is doing their spending spree, and maybe the Chiefs are standing pat for one reason or another, probably okay. I, I know that a lot of Chiefs fans will say this thing, in Beach we trust, but I think this year was exactly that. And while the offseason plan is unraveling, and I, I always say this about the offseason, you're only seeing a part of the blueprint at a time. And that's what's tough sometimes when you're seeing Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams go to the Raiders and Russ Wilson go to the Broncos and Khalil Mack go to the Chargers, and you're wondering, well, what are we doing? Well, standing pat was clearly the right move because they ended up with the Lombardi Trophy, and I I think that's something we ought to remember going into the offseason. Pete, when it comes to Juju real quick, I feel like it's kind of a – I don't really know how to describe it other than like a very – 
contradicting season for him because, you know, he came to a team on a one-year deal, won a Super Bowl, never had won a Super Bowl in his career. Now he has one. And now he enters a market where I think that he's the top receiver in that market. It's kind of like one of those things, like, do you want to keep winning championships or at 28 yeah. years old, do you want to get the the contract and the three-year deal that seals it? I, I, I don't really know where he goes with that. I have forever thought this year that Juju would be back because I, I've really sensed that he's enjoyed it in Kansas City. And I got to imagine there's a discount there for the Chiefs, and there's also a number that would make Juju happy as far as making the, you know, the first big contract of his career. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in the middle, where maybe he wouldn't make as much with the Chiefs as he would on the open market, but they would pay him well enough where he can come back to Kansas City, where you can argue – He's had one of the better years of his career. I know he had that year where he had, I believe it was twelve to 1,400 yards with, with Antonio Brown, but I just tend to think he's really liked it here. And winning championships is fun. It's a lot easier to convince a guy to take less money when they have a chance to do this that we saw today again, have that parade. So we'll see on Juju, but my gut has always told me he's a candidate for returning. <laughs> okay. Uh, the other thing, too, the Chiefs have, as of now, uh, 12 picks um, in the uh, in the draft coming up, that is just a shoot, uh, just a few short months in the same exact location that you were at today. Where do you think the Chiefs go big on? I know obviously there's receiver help you could use, um, maybe another defender. I mean, it just kind of depends on what where you think this team does actually lack a spot that they could improve on in the draft. Yeah, I tend to think it's offensive line depth, continued offensive line depth, and it would be good to continue to add receivers we don't know i mean i i i'd like to see juju back but we don't know about juju we don't know what's going to happen with mccall hardman you got to continue to load that room with talent for patrick mahomes and i i would love to see them go up and get a guy that they they find to be talented but they're they got a lot of positions where you're going to feel good even going into the next year uh and and i think if i'm really thinking about it it's it's again that protection and then getting Pat some weapons. I, I know that you can never have enough edge rushers as well. So that is another position that I, I would maybe look at as well. I think some people want to know, what does the uh, offseason look like for one Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride? Yeah, so we'll we'll shut it down um, you know, for, for a few days next week, and then we'll go right into the scouting combine. And then after you kind of get through the scouting combine, you can relax a little bit. But you have a – a brief time to, to rest here, but it, it's a it's a busy off season, as we know. The only real break that we get, uh, you know, I, I, I truly feel this way, is right before camp. There's four or five weeks before camp where it's completely dead. Other than that, we'll be talking about how the Chiefs are going to try to find a way to run it back again. You heard Chris Jones. I mean, that, that whole thing, it, it sounds like, might be uh, making it its comeback, and we'll see if they can actually get it done this time. No doubt about it. Well, Pete, thanks for letting me be a part of this with you, man. I I, I really do appreciate it. Uh, sarcasm aside, it was fun. Uh, it was a hell of a a hell of a time. Twenty three, twenty four weeks, whatever you want to call it. And uh, I look forward to you know if the opportunity is given to do it with you again. And I hope you enjoy this off season as well. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just you know I got to say this. I love you, man. You know, I just I just want you to know that. I love you too, Pete. Have a good night, man. <laughs> right. Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride coming up next. His other guy, the lead film analyst, Ron Cobb Jr., he'll break it down from 6.30 to 6.40, and then we get to have some fun the rest of the evening until 9 o'clock. Uh, this is Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Back. 
Rock in on the Arrowhead Pride Radio Parade Edition. My God, Travis Kelsey just had a Bud Light chain. That's fantastic. I don't know what guy I would be at the parade. I don't know what guy you are at the parade. If you're watching, if you're, I'm taking whiskey because it's cold and just going to sip it. I'm going to stay dry and just enjoy it because I got to get out of here somehow. And it's like the show, The Last of Us, when you're trying to get out of there. Um, either way, we're now joined by lead film analyst of Arrowhead Pride, Ron Cobb Jr. One last time, my man. How are you this evening? Man, I am good. I'm I'm feeling great, satisfied, right? Satisfied, mm. you know. Not uh, not a lot of not a lot of fans, not a lot of analysts, not a lot of teams get to end the season feeling satisfied. But that is what we all get to feel. So I'm feeling great, man. What kind of uh, what kind of parade guy would you be? Would you be the <laughs> the head to the to the sky, just pouring down liquid down your throat? Or are you going to be more of the soak it all in, take pictures with the fans, sign babies' foreheads, and all that kind of stuff? You know, definitely more of the picture guy. I mean, I was there today. I was taking many pictures, uh, plenty of pictures. Uh, but, yeah, definitely more the soak it in, uh, you know, definitely uh, the, that. But uh, I, I respect both ways. Let's just say that. I, I get I get the both ways uh, of that for sure. What, uh, what stuck out the most for you today during the parade? Oh, man. I mean, you know, I, I got to imagine it's just the speeches, uh, just the guys feeling appreciative. I mean, you know, it's – it is it is incredible to think about. I mean, you know, if you think back ten years ago, before you know, it it, it was right before Andy got here. It, it's been about a decade now that that Andy's been here, you know, uh, you know, uh, patrolling patrolling the team and building it right. And Travis Kelsey, you know, one of those guys that it's funny to think about. He was here since the first year Andy Reid was here, right? He was the guy. He was the guy they drafted in the uh, second or third round. Um, you know, Eric Fisher, you know, was here for the longest time too, but uh, obviously not here anymore. Kelsey's outlasted him and uh, has been here the entire time, and it's just kind of cool to think about. Um, and 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 it's kind of uh, you know cool why he's a, he's he's turned into such a leader. Why it's cool to see him turn into you know the emotional leader, the vocal leader too as well. After kind of you know being a guy at first that was kind of just this inconsistent hothead kind of you know playmaker, but you know kind of drove you crazy a lot of the time. You know kind of you know maybe someone that you know a lot of people maybe didn't like as a player, you know, right? Just because, hey, he makes plays. But, you know, now what he's turned into and, and you know, him, you know, I, I think I liked his first speech more. I think he was more off the cuff the first one. He planned this one out a little more. But uh, I don't know. Still still good to see him, you know, show his leadership skills because it is crazy for him to turn into that. From that to turn into this Hall of Fame as consistent as can be player, it, it's it's awesome to see. When you look at this team, what was the number one reason why they won the Super Bowl this year when it comes to that game, in fact, against Philadelphia? Man, I you know, I, I really think the Chiefs' ability to run the ball, use weaponize their offensive line, it's something that we talked about a lot of times this year where, you know, they have – this offensive line is just better at running the ball. It's, it's, it's just their strength over pass protection. And, and what they did in the run game in the Super Bowl – it helped their pass protection. It, it took them out of those third and longs. It, it 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 took them out of obvious passing downs because they were able to constantly get second and five, second and four, second and threes because they were firing off the ball and opening holes for Isaiah Pacheco. And obviously Pacheco had a great game as well. He 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 obviously was running very hard, but that's where I think the offensive line just really showed up. And 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 it was something that again a theme from two years ago. You know, you look at, you know, how it just ruined their opportunity to win a Super Bowl two years ago and how they, they made a point to correct it. This is full circle. And, I mean, and you saw, 
you know, and, and I want to point out Andrew Wiley, too. Talk about full circle. He was on that offensive line that got embarrassed in that Super Bowl, and he comes back in the same position that in that, in that first Super Bowl, he started for only the second time at right tackle. Only the second time. He was, he was a career guard. Since then, that's the only position he's played. He's turned out to be a solid right tackle. I mean, obviously had a great Super Bowl. A free agent now, I'm really, I'm really excited or, or kind of just intrigued, I should say, to see kind of what, what, what happens with him if, if anyone's really interested in him or if, if he's going to get, you know, just, just kind of settled for coming back to Kansas City or, you know, if the Chiefs are even going to, you know, what they're going to do with that. So all that to say, offensive line, you know, that, that was the, definitely the main thing, how well they were able to run block, which helped them pass protect as well. Chris Jones had the dynamite uh, chant going today with the uh, run it back. How uh, how serious do you think this team is when it comes to literally winning another championship next year due to the fact that, for example, they have a lot of people coming back that are on rookie deals? Yeah, see, that's where the run it back thing is kind of funny to me. It's like run it back to me is what you say. It's kind of a mantra. Like it made sense after the 2019 Super Bowl because you had to re-sign a lot of people. You kind of did have to – kind of bring back the same group of people for the most part you had to you know there were a lot of things they had to kind of make work for that this year I just feel like it's not kind of the same I just feel like for the most part the roster is going to be the way it is like you said because of those rookie deals right I mean a lot of the a lot of the reason why they were good this year is because they have very young young guys so they're going to run it back either way so uh yeah I I mean they're they're gonna that's the amazing part is they're going to be you know you'd think an even better team next year um with with the rookies developing with you know, you can even say with Mahomes taking in even another even another step in development, um, he's still obviously just 27 years old. So, yeah, I, they're definitely running it back. 24 when he wins the first one, 25 when they lose the one, then 27 when they win the second. Uh, next year, I guess just in a few uh, few short months, the Chiefs will have 12 draft picks. Ron, I know you, you study this team up and down, left and right, diagonal and everything. I, like, I can cover as well, but – where do you think the focus is in the draft with the 12 picks that that seems to be the way Mahomes is in the playoffs? That's where Veach thrives as well. Yeah, I, I think honestly, I, I'd love to see them attack the receiver position aggressively. Um, I, I really think, especially with, you know, Juju obviously had a, had a solid Super Bowl and, and, a, and a strong performance, but you know, there, there's reason to see with him being by far the, the number one uh, option in free agency for any at the receiver position, um, you know, it's a very weak receiver class, you know, there, there's reason to believe he may not be back here. And, and, and so I say that, you know, this receiving group is, is young and I just think they need to keep adding to it as it goes. Right. You know, they have Tony and Moore as they're kind of young, you know, developing guys, but just add at least one guy a year, in my opinion, at least in the top 50 or 60. So I'd say receiver, but I would also like to see him attack edge rusher, man, get a, get an edge rusher with some, uh, you know, some juice, um, you know, to pair with Carl office. It could even be an inside inside rush or two, but they definitely need some more juice from the defensive line. I could see them attacking that early. When you look at this offensive line, what do you think they do with Orlando Brown? I know you just kind of mentioned a little bit of that, but Orlando Brown being the free agent, also Chris Jones's contract's a little interesting. I know that people don't want to hear this on the parade, uh, the championship parade night, but I mean, hey, the season's over. The last page has been read. It's time to, you know, kind of crack the new book. I mean, there are things that will have to be done with certain contracts. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they definitely, you know, they definitely have to free up cash space if they want to be able to do what they want to do, especially with a guy like Orlando Brown Jr., where, you know, it is getting to the point where he's he's proved so much in terms of just being a high floor player, you know, an, you know a, a, an above average player. 
you know, it, it's it's question. It's a question whether his ceiling is is consistent enough to be, you know, what he what he wants to get paid. But his floor, man, makes it kind of hard to to argue. Do you really want to go through not having him? You know, you know, trying to replace him at left tackle. Obviously, someone that has a has a relationship with Patrick Mahomes, and that's the other part of this that that is in, important to consider is is having an elite quarterback he's going to help your pass protection. I mean, that's what happened in the Super Bowl. I mean, he was helping them in, in that case, but you know, you're you're naturally going to have that advantage too. So, can you afford to to just just give a guy that you think, "Hey, he's a solid tackle. We 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 trust him. He he's played, you know, he you know, he hasn't it's not like he's missed a ton of games. Can they just kind of say, "You know what? We'll just sign him long term, you know, uh, you know, save that franchise tag deal, you know, that's about it's going to be over 20 million if they just tag him and try to play him on that again." So, Maybe they. I'm. I'm getting to the point where I feel like they are just going to do it. You know, he has a great relationship with the team. He's young, and he has proven a lot, man. He played a good Super Bowl, and you know, I. I, I think we do. You know, uh, you know, get on him. You know, sometimes with certain matchups, but he's a great run blocker. And again, you know, he's a he's a he's a reliable kind of a durable dude. And 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 so I I do think he he's kind of warranted maybe getting a long term deal. Now it just depends on if he's willing to maybe you know negotiate that uh, to a certain point. But we'll see about that. What does the offseason look like for one Ron Cobb Jr. at Arrowhead Pride? Oh man, it's draft season, Dusty. I'm, mm. uh, I'm, uh, you know what we were just talking, man. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get into it. We'll be talking draft. I, I'm going to start hosting a, a weekly draft podcast on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. So make sure you tune into that. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to have you covered. I mean, we're, you know, the draft's in Kansas City, so right. we gotta, we gotta go all out. So I mean, there's no offseason here on Arrowhead Pride. We'll. We'll sleep after uh, in May, I guess, right? Yeah, in May yeah. is when we'll sleep. So we'll, we'll, that's that's when we'll get our rest. But, yeah, it's draft season, Dusty. Well, hey, Ron, sincerely thank you for uh, joining us every week. I really mean it. I know it's uh, it's a tough grind in this football season, especially when you go from, from June all the way until uh, February 15th. So I appreciate you being ready to go every single Wednesday night. Take care, have fun, and enjoy that life of yours, my man. Hey, Dusty, I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you having me on. And, 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 yeah, it's been fun, man. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Take care. Ron Cobb Jr. of Arrowhead Pride. He is their lead film analyst. We come back. I put a bow on this Arrowhead Pride radio show, and then we get into all the nonsense from 7 o'clock until 9. And, yes, I promise you, for those of you that may have missed it or for those of you that are wanting to hear it again, we'll have some parade bites from the most important people that spoke. Well, there's only three. So, uh, and, no, we won't play Mike Parsons. All that coming up next here on Arrowhead Pride Radio and after hours, it starts at 7 o'clock. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. Final segment on Arrowhead Pride Radio here on a Wednesday night, February 15th. Hope everybody had a great Valentine's Day yesterday. The day of love, love. Hope everybody loved the parade today. Saw a lot of joyous faces. Saw a lot of great people. Nick Wright did his show live from the parade. Getting dabbed up by Juju on the show, Mahomes, Kelsey. You got to love life if you're Nick Wright, you know? Wearing the sweet Louis Vuitton uh, pullover. Just a sexy, sexy pullover. And his flow looks better now. The hair came in incredibly. I mean, he he's always had it. He just decided to be, you know, he like he liked the buzz cut. Even Parkins has a flow right now. But, I mean, that's got to be great, right? Like being a, a guy that came from the city, that graduated to a national show, that graduated to basically like 
He's going to be the next Colin Cowherd. We're just waiting for that torch to be passed on Fox Sports uh, Network. Right? Like, I think we can all see that. He already comes up after Colin. He's already always joining Colin. And it's good to see. It's successful for your own uh, for your own, for your own guy. A guy that used to sit in this exact same studio and do these types of shows. So it's it's nice to see that. I think the reason I bring this up is because on Twitter, I saw that he asked Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, do you think you'll be back here next year? And he says, I'm not going to lie. I do love this feeling. As we heard uh, Pete Sweeney say earlier on the show of Arrowhead Pride show that that uh, it is kind of obvious that Juju likes it here and likes it a lot here. And again, I don't know where that goes. I don't know what he plans on doing. Um, but he did look like he had a lot of fun. What kind of parade guy are you, Grant? Are you, I'm here, I'm going to, you know, engulf myself with the emotions, with the scene. Um, I don't know if you went to the Royals parade. I did. I was lucky enough to be right behind Danny and Carrington as they gave the parade details at what was at the time the cashew, which I think now is Rock Hill Grill, which is where, Cody and Gold were today. That's a really long explanation. The Royals one, I had never seen anything like it. And I don't know still, like, if there were more people here at this year's parade for the Chiefs, at the Chiefs parade, the last time they did it at the Royals parade, the Royals parade just seemed massively populated. But I remember the feeling that I had at least when I was there was the fact that it just seemed like it never um, disintegrated. It just looked like it got more and more and more popular as as the cars and the and the trolleys just kept coming and coming uh, down the street. And when I went to the Chiefs one, it was different because it was a little bit colder. It was freezing to be exact. My dad was purple. He had a bottle of Jameson in his in his pocket that he didn't introduce to me until the Chiefs buses actually got there. And where we were, we're at that stat. We were at that statue. Um, where crown centers like diagonal from the statue, like the horse. And it was fun. It was great. But I think the, the best part about it was just, you actually get to see your athletes that you watch break character. I think is to me, the greatest part of the parade, like seeing Mahomes talk, seeing Chris Jones kind of come out and, and be the, you know, the, the DJ that he can be on a microphone but you see everybody break character, right? Like there's no negativity anywhere unless somebody like, you know, is smashed in a corner and can't get out and is, is, is just frustrated at that. But for the most part, every athlete lets their guard down. Every analyst, every news anchor lets their guard down. By the way, congratulations to every single news station in the city. Tough job today. Um, you know, they got down there at, at early bells, man, you know, 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, setting up shop, ready to do uh, their job to bring you the best coverage they can of the parade because a lot of you probably did, you know, what you did was I'm just going to sit at home, watch it on TV in the confinements of my own home and have, have a good time. And that, I think, is the best part, is the, is the breaking of the character from the athletes and from the, from the local media and everybody that can just kind of sit there and be like, you know what, this is what it's all about. But I am that guy that does take home a piece of confetti. I'm a confetti guy. I'll be honest with you. I mean, if you're there, yeah. you might as well grab some. I don't want to get one from somebody that was there. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. 
Are you wasted, guy at the parade? You Not get, a chance. You getting hammered? I can't get drunk in front of that many people. I don't really trust others that much. Stage shy? Yeah, so unless I've got, like, people watching out for me, I'm not getting drunk. But I think I'd be get at the front of the parade, see everybody at the parade starts, and yep. then get home in time to watch it on TV. That's what I told Nate Taylor. Watch the rally. That's what I was telling Nate Taylor Monday night. He was doing the Nate Taylor show for one last time on the season with Carrington. And I was like, he goes, man, I don't know if I should go or not. I'm still kind of debating if I should go, if I, if I should do it. And I'm like, well, does your son want to go? And he's like, yeah, probably. You know, no school, none of that. I don't really have any, you know, obligations. And uh, I said, well, here, I'll give you my best strategy. I've been, to, I've been to two parades. Doesn't make me an expert, but, you know, two parades out of the three total that they've had. Uh, I like my chances. Um, I told him, I said, the best thing you could do is is get there early at the parking garage at like P&L and park your car and you can either kind of hang out in there, staying warm as long as possible, and then you can kind of pop your head out around, you know, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock and kind of solidify your spot as close as you want because it does take a while early on to like kind of pack up the front row from what I've noticed. I've been down there a couple times pretty early. And from what I can tell is that it was – uh you know, it was it was kind of different, um, and uh, and you can kind of get there. You can watch all the buses kind of pour out from behind that P and L's area, and then once you see that last one, like you said, Grant, you can go down to the garage, get in your car, get out of there before all the traffic gets hectic. Because, man, I'd hate to know what it's like restaurant wise down there. What it's like um, local businesses, traffic in general. Um, Unless you're just a trooper and you've been down there all day and now you're going to the bars and you're just having a, a heck of a time, man. So um, I will say congratulations for those people that went to the parade. I hope you I hope you soaked it all in. I hope it was it was exactly what you thought it would be. I know there was a lot of people that reached out to me that said they were, you know, camping, skipping sleep, um, ready to just kind of let it all out. And I think that's what the parade should be. It should be one of those moments where you can relax and have fun and, and just kind of Soak it all in because when the when the confetti starts flying and, and you're watching your favorite athletes and the best quarterback on the entire planet drink Coors Light like some people drink water um, is quite impressive. So um, a good day in Kansas City, a good day. Um, it's been a fun time on uh, Arrowhead Pride Radio as we close this chapter to a year that was the 2022-2023 season. Uh, with Arrowhead Pride, I appreciate Pete Sweeney for letting me do this. I appreciate my boss, Stephen Spector, uh, for choosing me and letting Pete choose me as well to to co-host this show with him and to Ron Cobb Jr. as well, to Grant Nicholson, who helped produce this show all season long, as well as Chris Unicero for the few times that he was in, um, and to Steven Serta, who puts all this audio up on the on the website for you to listen to and uh, to, to all of you that tune into this uh, program every Wednesday night during the football season. I hope we do it again next year. I hope we can bring the same fun, and I hope that, uh, you know, we talk about a parade on the last episode as well and, and, and a Super Bowl victory is to go along with that because now we have to gear up. Now we got to get ready for the draft. Now we got to move on, and, and the folks at Arrowhead Pride will be the, the people that you'll want to continue to dive into, listen to, and follow because they do a really good job on their website. For everybody at Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney, Ron Kopp, everybody there. Keep doing great work. Thank you for letting me be a part of this. I'm going to end this show a little bit early. We'll come back. We'll play all the stuff from the parade that you're going to want to hear, and we'll start after hours and the new season and the postseason of the NFL because it's over, and we wrap it all up. Coming up on After Hours on 610 Sports Radio.